0: hello everyone and welcome to Storytime with stephanie i'm so excited to be with you all tonight story time with stephanie is a segment of my podcast the writer's anointing that you can find on any of your major podcasting platforms we are a platform that allows for authors to really be able to understand the writing process give them tips tricks and tools to be able to write the story that the world has been waiting for them to share and on story time with stephanie we love to give this opportunity to authors for them to be able to come on, share their stories, tell us about their books and their platforms because they always have some positive messages to share. And tonight's guest is Sheldon Farragood. I'm so excited to have him. He is actually one of the published authors with Cocoon Twings Publishing, which is my publishing house. And I am delighted to have him. He's the author of Whatever It Takes. And Sheldon is a native of Houston, and a graduate of Jack Yates High School. He received a Bachelor of Arts in Communication from Texas Southern University and a Master of Arts in Counseling from Prairie View A&M University. I don't wanna tell you too much about Sheldon because I'm gonna allow him to come on and tell you a little bit more about himself. So I'm gonna have Sheldon to pop in with us and let's start talking about his book, Whatever It Takes. So Sheldon, are you with us?
1: I'm here, how you doing? Hello. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, uh, I'm blessed, I I can't complain. I'm just, I'm just, and I appreciate you.
0: Oh, I appreciate you too. Look, Sheldon is so um, bubbly and his (laughs) his personality is just infectious. So (laughs) like, I mean, from the minute we got on he was just smiling and laughing and I appreciate that because that's just a joyful spirit that he has. So I can tell we're gonna have a great show tonight. So Sheldon tell everybody just a little bit about yourself. I gave them a general introduction of who you are, um, but I didn't go into your profession because I want you to kind of share a little bit more about yourself.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Sheldon Thurgood. Like Stephanie said, I'm a police officer for the Houston Police Department and um, author of the books, Whatever It Takes. And I'm a philanthropist. I'm my own founder of Whatever uh, whatever It Takes. Thurgood, it's a non organization. Youth base that goes out, and we just serve, give back to the community, less fortunate homelessness, um, and just do a great job out in the community. I love it. I
0: love it. And we're going to talk a lot more about their good deeds and the great work that you all do in the community, but also we want to talk about your story and how you really got to the place of even creating this amazing organization that you have. And it really started with this whole whatever it takes mentality, right? You truly wanted to understand God's purpose for your life so that you could walk in it, so that you could uh, live it out and you were willing to do whatever it takes. And so uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory. I know that, you know, as a youth, you played several sports, but basketball became kind of like your number one sport. You were one of the top point guards in Houston. People knew you all over. And you had the dream of going to the NBA. So tell us a little
1: bit about what happened there. Man, that was that was my dream. My mama, my grandmother. I know they watch. I was, I mean, so when I was little, I played a number of sports. I played basketball. I played baseball. and I played football. And I really thought I was going to go somewhere in football. My dad really enjoyed football. I was quick. I was, you know, make touchdowns. I was just a, a little Speedy Gonzalez, a little Mighty much You just couldn't catch me, and I and I was very good at actually all three sports, mm-hmm. but basketball was something that my role model at the time was my brother, and so all those guys in the neighborhood was playing ball, and I seen my brother, and I wanted to be like my brother, so basketball kind of took over, and just playing basketball at, at a young age and seeing my brother, I just wanted to. I wanted to play with them. You know, they was older than me. So I wanted to play with the big boys. I I know I could be better than those. (laughs) But it just didn't happen like that. It took took a lot of, you can't play, you're too short, or it's just not your time. And to me, as a kid, I was was taking a lot of that in because I wanted to be there. I wanted to be like those guys, but I knew I wasn't up to those guys' standards. I, I knew I couldn't play like those guys. So I would have to go home. I was crying. My mama, they won't let me play. But I always practiced. Yeah. So even though I was going home and mad and all this, I was always having my ball and dribbling down the street. And waking up the neighbors, I was dribbling. Well, I'm telling you, I'm dribbling my tail off. <laughs> and so that um, that was a sport that really after playing for so long and getting better at it, you know, okay. my craft and practicing, 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 and I end up playing with those guys. Those guys end up picking me now, you know. I just that I'm picking them. I got, <laughs> I got them. Yeah, come on, bro. I got you, bro. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like, wow, man. I, I didn't got up to this point, you know, playing on the news or, or being on, the, playing on TV. And so, in the kid's mind, you like. I'm gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, you're playing in AAU leagues. You you're being ranked in the in the country. You you're this uh, second team, first team. You know, and, and on your high school basketball team, all these great things are happening to you. So in your mind, you have that that ego. Just yeah, I'm gonna make it. Ain't nothing gonna stop me. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where that came from. And so I just knew it was too much good going on that I ain't had no choice but to make it in basketball. That was the only thing I wanted to do. Mm-hmm.
0: And so here you were with these dreams of playing basketball. That was everything that your life revolved around, right? And so often when we have that one dream, that one passion, we think that that's what's going to carry us forward in life. And you allow that sport to kind of become the foundation for you to build your life upon. And you were able to get all the way up through college. And then what
1: happened? so um, in high school let's go let's go to high school. so okay. when I graduated my senior year, so this is when college coaches you you this is when you're trying to figure out what school you want to go to, right, yeah. and so college coaches sending you letters, so when you get those letters, you're like, "Oh man, I got a letter from from here, I got a letter so everybody crunk when you get that letter, yeah, quite a few of them i got I got letters when I was a junior, yeah. and so. Those letters coming in and now you pick the school, you're talking to the coaches. So when you talk to the head coach, that's serious, you know, on the phone or, hey, man, we're interested in you. We're looking forward to to come to the school, take a tour. Um, But when I got there, you know, before that, before that happened, you had to take a test. Mm -hmm. You have to take a test. So um, really being so prepared for this test, I had to take the SAT. And in order to go to those schools, D1, you had to make that certain score required by that school. And I didn't make it. I wanted to go to Oregon. That was a school that I really was uh, interested in going to, talk to the coach. I mean, everything was seeming to be, uh, you know, okay. I just need to pass the test. I had SMU, that was a great school I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. North Carolina and Wilmington, that was another, that coach really wanted me. I had to make the score. So when I didn't make the score, that's when it changed my whole kind of life. You can, Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I was looking to go straight to D1. Yeah. That was, that was my goal going straight to the school that I want to go to play on TV. So my mom and my brother and my family can see me at a D1 school playing on TV. Um, It didn't happen. So when I did make the score, I went to junior college. Okay. That's, yeah. And I had to start all. If, if anybody familiar with junior college, you, you're, you're basically starting over again to to make those those credits. And, and you 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 have to basically get recruited over again. Because mm-hmm. uh, at, at this time, the coach that if you was really, really, really a great player like a LeBron, they'll stay on you. Yeah. But I wasn't fortunate enough to be that great. So they already had like players in line. <laughs> That they can call on and pick, cause I I have to go back to another, you know, to another school.
0: So. Yeah. And all this time, you actually, um, you were being raised by your grandma, one of your grandmothers at that point, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that relationship and kind of growing up and how she groomed you and helped you throughout the whole process of you preparing one to go to college, but then also um, as you were going through the things that you were going through with basketball as well.
1: So I was fortunate enough to have both of my grandmothers, tough, powerful queens. My mom, my grandma, she should be looking right now. Hey, Grandma. Hey, Grandma. Hey, Grandma. Oh, she's smiling, That's Northside Grandma, right? That's Northside Grandma, right?
0: Northside
1: Grandma. My grandmother, my Mima, rest in peace. Uh, She's in heaven looking, smiling. I know she's she's, um, so um, proud of me i repping my grandmother's name. I'm, I wore her shirt today. I'll be wearing my, my necklace with her picture on there. I'm always repping my mom. Those two queens, I call them, were very powerful because I started off Northside, grandmother, right? Growing up, she taught me the power of prayer, which was one of my favorite chapters in my book. Yeah. Dude, Grandma. The power of prayer, we always had to go to church. Um, to, you know, learn, learn about God, learn about where you're getting your strength from, learn about how you was able to wake up in the morning, you know, learn about just uh, a night. It's not all about you. You know, you have another person there to guide you when you need it. When there's nobody else to talk to, you got guards you can lean on. You can pray at any given time of the day. You can call on him and he hears you. And so grandma taught me about prayer. I pray. Lord Jesus, I pray everywhere I go. Now I pray. <laughs> Look, before I tell you, I pray, to you. "Lord, help me. I need you, Lord. Come get me."
0: <laughs> yes, we got to stay in prayer. That's hey. the only way we can make it through every day.
1: <laughs> Lord, prayer, like Lord, come. Get, I need you. <laughs> Thank you, and just, just let me see another day. So, Grandma was strong on prayer. I used to see how she worked. Um, her mom. My grandfather at the time, rest in peace to my grandfather. I mean, just tirelessly working all the time to put food on the table. I was always capturing how she was doing so much in church. She was a giver, she was a nurse, she was a um, you pastor. She, I mean, she was a pastor of the church. She was doing so much, you know. Grandma, she was everything. And at that time, I'm capturing, capturing everything my grandmother is doing. Mm-hmm. So all those gifts are just getting inside, coming inside of me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just I'm little at the time, probably being goofy. Boom, we'll come my mama fussing never give me. Free over here, but I'm looking because I see this every day. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not knowing that these are gifts that's that's coming inside that I'm I'm learning, I'm I'm grasping, I'm getting all these gifts. So that's that's Northside, Grandma. That's that's grandma. She's just She's just so given to everybody. She will give you anything, everything. She's just awesome, grandma. Now Mima. Mima, I know. I, I know you're up to you better say see, I know she like you better, you better not. <laughs> Mima <Memo> didn't play.
0: <laughs> Mima was the one that'll whoop your butt.
1: Uh, Mima, play. Mima, kick you out of that house in a heartbeat. Y'all don't get y'all ain't for see that white TV. Y'all about to get y'all butt up, clean up this house. But she loved you. Mm-hmm. And then it was always, I mean, it, it, she used to say it so much that it just sometimes was funny. Cause when she when you hear that door, we had that little noise. So you knew when Mima was coming when that door opened oh, you hear that doop Oh, you know, <laughs> me, my, so we didn't get up. But what y'all doing? <laughs> so every time we hear that noise, that door he go, Mima, let's get up. Move, y'all go. So me and my cousins or whoever at the house, we getting up. Mima would have you in the house cooking. You, you're going to be doing something. Mm-hmm. But she was going to give you everything. She was going to give you a meal. She'll give you a place to stay. Yeah, she'll get on you. That's all about life. Yeah. She was she was training us. You know, she was training us. And I'm looking at Meemaw. She had her own catering business. She was giving the community the whole time. She had people coming to the house. She loved on her family. Everybody come to the house during holidays or we doing something because of Meemaw she brought the family together and i'm seeing it and so she was a very very played both of those guys played so much uh of an important role in my life and that's why this book is almost based on them yeah because of the morals and the values everything i got from those guys and so those are my two my two favorites um my grandparents, they raised me right. Yeah, they 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 really did that. They did a great job.
0: And hearing you talk about both of them, um, I really can understand how you got to that place of doing whatever it takes, because it sounds like both well, Northside Grandma and Mima, they did whatever it took, right? To care for you all and to be there for you and to bring money into the household and make sure you were fed. They did whatever it takes. And it sounds like you got that same mentality from them. Um, Before we go on, I just want to say welcome to everyone who's joining. I know people are popping in. People pop in throughout the show. Thank you for being with us. If you're not able to watch live, you can definitely watch on the replay. But we are with Sheldon Theragood, the author of Whatever It Takes. And we're just getting a little bit of backstory about how he got to the place um, where he is today and the inspiration that both of his grandmothers played um, in raising him, helping him to grow into the man that he is today. And so Sheldon has already talked to us about some of the um, the things that he was pursuing as far as basketball um, and how basketball actually took him to junior college. So let's kind of pick up there, Sheldon, and tell us a little bit about once you got to junior college, what happened with your basketball dreams at that point?
1: Yeah. So I'm at junior college, you know, I have to, I have to represent Houston. So I'm coming in and, you know, everybody representing their cities. We had a lot of people from Dallas, had somebody from uh North Carolina. And uh I, oh, my my friend of mine from Umble. Um, so you know, we came in and I had to I had to do what I had to do, and I was doing great, practicing great. I was showing all my little skills, my ball handling skills. So I, I fit in the, the team was really, really uh athletic. Um, everybody seemed to have the same problem that I had, of course, had great schools and just didn't make the score. So we had an unbelievable team. So I got there and me and the coach, coach had his, you know, he had his starters, he had his team, he had his picks. Sometimes I played, sometimes I only got a limited amount of uh, time, Uh, sometimes he didn't play me at all. So, you know, me coming from where I came from, like, nah, man, I'm hey, I didn't came this far. Mama,
0: like, I'm the number one point guard. Why am I not playing? <laughs> I'm, I'm still the
1: hey JY, you know. Uh, mama in the stands, you know. Hey, boy, y'all. You, you know, waving at her in the in the, on the bench. you like that? So, but you know, all that, it 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 hurts that that ego. It hurts that that mind. And I'm like, you know, a lot of times I got in the game probably made a couple of mistakes, um, pulled me out the game. So it was a different – it was different because I was dealing with coach Dad. he wasn't a nice coach at all. He was – he was ten times like – he was – wasn't that player-coach type? We didn't have that bond. I wish – if we can go back, I would love to at least sit down and talk to him about player and coach, talking to your player, you mm-hmm. know, Sit down and talk to him, yeah. and and the bond would be cool. We didn't have that, yeah. so if he busts at you, you took that home. You come back to practice. So now you still, man. I'm if I'm you know lose the bond. No, he gonna he gonna highlight me. Yeah. You know, it's already in your conscious. We played and I start <clears throat> I start getting these pains in my in my hip on my right side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I felt like maybe I, we was doing a lot, Miss Stephanie. when I tell you, uh, jumping, we was trying to dunk the basketball. So we was doing a lot of jumping on the bleachers. I was doing I jumping. We had jump soles because I wanted to dunk so bad. <laughs> I wanted to. I just wanted to dunk because everybody on the team was dunking, and, and I wanted to. So we always was doing something. But my trainer was like, Sheldon. Um, let's wrap it up. Put some ice on it come back to practice. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that was happening, coming to practice and I practiced real hard and that pain was still there. And so once again, wrapped it up for at least a whole month. And so I was dealing with this pain for a minute, just shaking it off. Mm -hmm. And so now it it was kind of hurting a little, it was just kept
0: hurting.
1: He told me just, you know, go to the doctor and check on it. And see in what's going on, and and that's when I found out that I had uh, arthritis mm-hmm. in that hip, and um and so and that was at a young age too. Yeah. I'm like arthritis. I thought you get that when you in your sixty. I mean, I tried not to. <laughs> like he, he, he's trying. Oh, he's like, oh, oh, let me
0: not use the wrong age here. age, <laughs> I didn't want to say wrong age. Be like, oh, so what are you so you trying to
1: say? I got you. That's why I, th- you know, I think about it. So I'm like, like, you know, I'm like 20, like 21. Yeah. Uh, so they they x-rayed and that's what they saw. And you know, talking about when the years go by, you might be um, having a hip replacement. I mean, they told me all these these bad, negative things that I did not want to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I wanted to go to the NBA. <laughs> that was my plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you telling me I got, I'm going to be having hip surgery and, and you know, in the years to come.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, me and the coach want not get along. So we didn't even, I didn't go there with it. I just played, I just played through the pain. Mm -hmm. So after that year, I transferred, I Mm -hmm. transferred uh, to Texas Southern university and then I walked on. Okay. Walked on to TSU, uh, got the credit hours, did everything I was supposed to do, talk to the coach. He was like, yeah, Sheldon, come on in, you know, do a workout with us. And I did great. Everything was going great. We had a maroon and gray game. I was on that team. Mm-hmm. One of my friends played really great in, the, um, in front of the coaching staff. They loved me. But then it's, the pain was happening both hips now. Now I'm like, man, hold on. Now it's, it's I'm having this pain come back, that sharp pain.
0: Yeah.
1: And it I went, Steph. When I tell you, I played through this pain for a long time.
0: Why do so, athletes do that?
1: So I mean, it's just—I uh, mean, cause you want it. You, you know, you 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 with the attitude I had. You know, I was going through camps and all this. So your coach was always saying, "Don't give up. Go Ooh. through the. You know, you can have you knock your 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 eye eyeball <laughs> out your, in your head, and you still gotta you still got one more eye to see. Get up in the game. And play. I had coaches like that, like Coach. I have no, I. Oh my god. <laughs> so you you just knew how to just play through it, play yeah. through the pain no matter what, whatever it takes. So whatever it takes, yes. Whatever it takes. so that's what happened, but it was hurting. So the more that I pu- applied pressure, on, and the college level is more fast if You got some fast point guards. I mean, they. Yeah. The defense that we was playing, I had to stay with them. So it required a lot of uh lateral movement, mm-hmm. which affected those joints. So as I'm still going this way, trying to keep up with the point guard, my legs are hurting. It's that inflammatory pain. It's just, it's inflaming. So after so long of doing that, it was time, I think coach, uh the coach was noticing that I wasn't playing well. And it, and it messed up my, my confidence. I wasn't playing well at all, man. So when it was time to, to see the cut, to see who made the team, my name didn't make that list, so yeah. So I did a great job all the way to the point to where Coach had the second, I think he put up, I think it was I made the first one, but the second time he put put up the list and I wasn't on there. Okay. And then that kind of changed my whole mental state, my whole life. Um, just, flash, um, just flashed out, just gone.
0: So what did, you, what did you decide to do at that point? Because I know that, you know, there are probably parents on here with kids that play sports. And, you know, there might be people who have aspirations to play sports and they get into a situation where they no longer have the physical ability to play. And absolutely, that's going to damage your confidence. It's going to mess with your psyche. But what did you do to kind of push past that to, you know, complete your degree and begin the path of start exploring your purpose?
1: Well, you know, like, like, like my grandma, her word and and stuff start coming in, and mm-hmm. I had to pray, so I start kind of, you know, how you can be walking and saying, "Man, Lord, you know, I thought you, you know, kind of like had this for me set up, and I was doing so great, and you you brought me this far." And I, I was just talking, man. I was going through a lot mentally. Now they would call it depression, but you know. back you would just, you just was going through it, you didn't, uh, you'll be okay, <laughs> you know, the next day. But no, nah, I wasn't. I was really suffering mentally because I came so far and I went through so much to make it. And uh, and, uh, and what really got me was because I wanted my mom, I wanted to, she, she had faith, you know, and I wanted to buy that house. And I, I just, that was my goal, man, to put my mom and them in the house and say, Mom, I told you I was going to make it. I got mm-hmm. you. So it, it put a lot on me. Yeah. But with that, praying, you just have to, what I tell these kids now, I, you just have to have something else that you can try to go to. For me, I knew I was, for me, I, I, I was good with kids because they loved to see me play. Mm-hmm. They loved my ball handling skills. Mm-hmm. They wanted to dribble like me. They will always come to me and ask me how. Or they'll come to the games. They would love to see me just to want to shake somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's, that's, that's a court, that guard right there with all those moves. Oh, here you go. Ah! <laughs> so that was already seemed like that was in me already, just having mm-hmm. that. So I had to figure out another way. I still had to graduate. So don't think drop out because. Mm-hmm. When you're going through that, you thinking about, oh, I'm forget school. What am I in school for? Right, right. Ask the ball in here you no know, more. What what am I going to school for? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't because I, I still have to make mama proud. Right. Still, you know, so. Well, let me ask you this.
0: Speaking of your mother, because your mother is the one that taught you the what if factor, right? She yeah. taught you the what if factor. Like, what if this happens? And you actually had an experience that you share in the book where that what if factor came into play. Do you, do you mind sharing a little bit about that situation?
1: Uh, the Yeah. The environment of, you know, the, what if hanging with the wrong crowd, my mom will always, uh, you know, great mothers will always tell their kids about not doing certain things. Watch who you hang around with. Uh, you can kind of tell your friends if they telling you to do something wrong and you know that's not how you was raised and you know right from wrong, you should. So mom was just the what if you get in trouble, what if you 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 go to the, the penitentiary and I had hung around, it was a time that I did hang around the wrong uh, group of friends and uh, doing the wrong thing and trying to be cool. Time um, I was cool, you know. Sheldon just a cool cat, the basketball cool guy, you know, whatever. And so it was. It was like we dressed up. Me and the and, our, and my friends. We was a great dress dressing crew. We was fly. Had the Jays, you know, the Jordans and the Air Force, the nice shoes and stuff like that. So I was in. I fit. I fit in. But those guys were just on another level for me. But I was just trying to be in. Mm-hmm. And so one day we. I was in and wanted to do some things with them and and it was bad and i already knew like it was coming in my head like my mama was right there saying boo now what if what if and it was already too late i was already in the in the car yeah. and we just rolling but nothing happened that night when i was with those guys and they was trying to do something wrong uh, nothing happened that night. If something would have happened and we would have gotten in trouble and caught up with the cops or uh, anything, yeah, we would have went to jail. And mom already told me about the what if and I didn't listen. Yeah. And it's just me trying to be cool and hanging with, uh, you know, the, not saying the wrong people, but they just wasn't the, the right people for me. You know, I I had goals and plans, and I knew it was a lot of great things. I think I had a, a great support team, mm-hmm. that's, but I chose to to make that decision to to, to go with them. Yeah, in trouble, um, came back home, and I beat myself up mentally. Like Sheldon, what were you thinking? If you how your mom, you know, what if? What if? What if? What if? And just so, man, I had to thank God like so many times because I can still feel that tonight. That's been decades ago. And yeah. if i have had <laughs> no, background record, I wouldn't have had none of, I mean, I wouldn't have been a, a police officer. I wouldn't know things would have changed. And
0: when y'all have to get this book, right? Because he's not telling y'all exactly what happened. So you gotta read. <laughs> you gotta read the book. <laughs> So you find out, and I will say the hand of God was covering Sheldon that night. That's why they didn't get in trouble, but they definitely, (laughs) they definitely were doing some things they shouldn't have been doing, had some things they shouldn't have had, and it was nothing but God, your grandmother's prayers, your mother's what ifs, and all the angels in heaven that came to protect you that night, because when Sheldon says he can still feel it all these years later, yeah, because he was shaking in his boots,
1: I was, I was I was trying to set it up for them to actually go grab the book. You know, I wonder what, what, what he's talking about. He, he was, you know, yeah. set
0: they they <laughs> got to read the book so they can know exactly what you did. But you know yeah. what? Thank yeah. God. Thank God. Because yeah. that truly was the hand of God. And it was an opportunity to begin to prepare you for the life that he had for you. Because you're right. If anything happened that night, you wouldn't be who you are today. You would not be a police officer. Right? Um, you probably wouldn't be able to work with kids in the way that you do. And so there is always a divine plan. When, when God's hand is covering you, there's always a divine plan. So let's talk a little bit more about how we got to that place of the divine plan. Like, let's talk about the moment that you realize like, Hey, I, I need to have a purpose in life. I need to have a purpose. Tell us about that.
1: At the time, you know, I'm, I'm very active. So I did do a little basketball playing. We had in the mirrors in college. But that kind of got old. You remember, I'm still in pain. <laughs> I'm still hurting. So just because I go play a little in the mirror, pick up basketball, I still got to go home and being gay, ice, ice. What, mama, what is called kind of, Epson South? But I, I had to make, I, man, look. So, but now is now I had to figure out I had to work I had to find me a job, you know I, I just couldn't sit there and and just keep shocking myself fooling myself like sheldon you can still be able to play I, I couldn't yeah. i could I had to be realistic it's real life now yeah, I, basketball is a I just had to try to get that in my head yeah. what else what what else next so I had to try to find a job did mm-hmm. um, I coached a little bit I helped some coaches. During my school school time, some coaches had asked me if I wanted to help them with the kids, and I did that. I did a lot of that helping. Um, but still, I wanted to do something for me and, and to make a, figure out a way to make some type of impact in some kids' lives. Mm-hmm. So then I had, got hired on the juvenile, kind County Juvenile Detention Center. Mm-hmm. And I, whew, I was like, man, I don't know how this is gonna go, but I knew, because I heard a lot, like those mm-hmm. kids, hey, they like, oh, they fight and jump each other. They jump on the staff. I'm like, I wish I said to my brother, like, I wish they could come up here they want to. You, I bro, <laughs> Y'all gotta get the book. I, I can't look. Run up, <laughs> up in the to. You know, <laughs> I look. I didn't want to run up, but those kids might have run up on you and broke your hip. <laughs> I, man, I ain't gonna <laughs> look. And I was. I, I was skinny. I was a little too pick. Got a little weight, you know, since then, but I was a little, oh my a little God. skinny little thing, man. And coming through there, but I I sparked the attention with my with my shoes with the Jordans and just fresh. Oh man, call college chief. Our Chief got the new J's, our Chief. So they already seen you as the cool DO detention because of what how, how you look. I ain't say nothing to him. yet. I'm going in there, you know, scanning out the room, making sure who the biggest kid in here or who the, you know, who the meanest kid or who cool is <laughs> at that table over there. Yeah. I was, you know, but no, I, and I started getting to know the kids. I started talking to them. Once I got used to working there and figuring out we in here for eight hours, man. I can't just sit here and be babysitting. Yeah. Hey, y'all keep noise down and me just sitting in there. Nah, man, I started figuring out, these kids need I could be a mentor in here. Yeah. What what you want to do when you get out here? What you what are your goals? And they'll tell uh what you know and and things of um they'll tell me they charge because I always want to know what they're in there for. Hey, I'll be yeah. like You're like, wait you? a minute,
0: did you kill somebody? Because yeah. how close can I get to you?
1: <laughs> hey, I wanna know, like, what you in there for? And then and then some of them, some of them did, you know. Some we had kids that we had we had. We had some kids. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell you, we had we had them all. We had them all. <clears throat> but they they gave me their story. They was able to get comfortable comfortable to me to talk to me about this. So I'm like, well, so what's up, man? Like, what well, what's your background like? What well, what happened? Mm-hmm. And then tell me about you know the family, the environment, hanging with the wrong group of friends, mm-hmm. and that's usually where most of the crime come in is them and their friends yeah. and how they was raised at home, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, and have role models and mentors. The streets was their role models. And yeah. mentors. So now I'm in here trying to get them to, to focus on, uh, another, another plan, something that they can do when they get out here and focus on goals. Yeah. Okay. So I know you're in this gang, or are, are you trying to stay? Is that gang paying you? Are they paying your bills? Are they pay your taxes? Those they, they take care of your insurance. They take care of your, I'm just throwing stuff in there because I want them to know now they ain't doing it. So what's the purpose? Right. You're giving them, you, you're trying to get them to think because when they're in that, that, that surround is with their, with their colleagues. They're not thinking like that. They're thinking right. about crime. They thinking about how long you need to, they're thinking about dangerous matters. Mm-hmm. They're trying to be hard. You know, yeah. they show everybody they're tough, yeah. but no, and and a lot of kids would tell me that they would want to get out to work, or they want to find a job, or they want to change up their lives. You you really uh, start getting compassionate with those kids. They starting to become your own like like your own kids. You know yes. you look forward to those one or two kids that said great things about leaving up out of here, what they want to do, helping the community. Oh man, come on, man! I had a lot of kids that was really inspired Mm -hmm. and wanted great. They just wasting time in there. But at least they had ideas and wanted to not another focus. Yeah, Chief, you're right, man, when I get out here, I want to become somebody. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And there was
0: there was one um one kid in particular that you, you know, became particularly fond of and you know you 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 had your we don't want to say favorites, but you know, there was those kids where you really felt like they could go out and they could do great things and change the world. So we'll call him Skittles, we'll call him Skittles. Um, And tell us kind of a little bit about that story um, and how that really changed kind of the trajectory of you going from security guard to police officer to the work that you do now with their good deeds.
1: So this kid, he, he impacted, he has so much, um, how can I say he had so much power, and this was power with uh, deep detention officers. He had power with the whole the whole floor, and everybody knew this kid, and they weren't gonna mess with him. He was um he was probably like 14, I think at the time. If I can't get the age, but fourteen some years old, and he was like the Hulk, and he had a deep voice, and I had this little white little. You it was so t- it's like, man, hold on. We need to do a voice swap, man. How you go out? How you your voice deeper than mine? <laughs> hey, what's up? T-Good, man, what's going on? So every time I came in, he was looking forward to, to seeing me. we had chop it up every single time. I, I would sit down and say, hey, so what's what's the game plan? I heard you're supposed to be getting up out of here. So yeah, man, it's been a long time coming. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm proud of you, man. I'm, I'm very proud of you, and... And everything Now, we didn't, we didn't spoke. I'm just giving you the end, but we didn't spoke so much years before yeah. this about what we trying to do when we get out. When he's, what he's, you know, he's trying to get out. He was in the game. So he's trying to get out the game. And he, <clears throat> I think he wanted to focus on football and he just wanted to do better for himself. He just had a lot of things that he wanted to do. And I was so proud. And I couldn't wait till they released him. And that day they did. And on that day, uh, we were so excited. And I, Went up there, you know, I said, man, you finna get out of here, okay? Because I want, you know, usually you're running to these these guys in in the what we call it the free world, what they call it, the free. So you're running to them, but even if you didn't, you would still know you, you didn't gave him a great word and he was able to, to take your word and listen and wanted to do right for himself. Do right, man, and just change his life. And that meant a lot to me, man, because I knew... That's what he was. I was. I know he was gonna do it. I mean, he just—he was just that tough type of guy that wants to make a difference. Yeah. Got released, cool. Got released, and a couple of weeks later, I got the word back that he got killed. And that came back to me, and and that's when, you know, these these are the, at the time, I was like, wow, man. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. Of course, I can't. I can't figure it out. Honestly. Yeah. But that's me trying, just like basketball. Why did I make it? Why my leg got hurt? It's just me trying to figure it out. I put it on myself. Uh, but I couldn't let it. I couldn't let it get me down. I still had to. I still had to fight. Uh, it still was twenty. Well, all these kids I deal with every day. I yeah. couldn't. Not, I could not you know, let them help them out as well.
0: Yeah.
1: So after I, I kind of got over it a little bit, I started going hard on the kids that was already in the units. But after that happened, I tried to figure out another another job to do, to kind of uh, help prevent them from mm-hmm. the juvenile justice system. So I said, man, what else could I do? I said, "Man, I'm gonna join the police department." All of all my kids and nah, I. TV, man, that's all we got here, man. You're gonna put us They called the you a traitor. Yeah, I said, they didn't. They didn't got cool, man. See, man, you traitor, man. You, man, on TV, you twelve, man. You're <laughs> tw- like twelve. What you mean when I'm twelve? What was they knew? They knew all the street code and everything yeah. before I knew. I didn't know. <laughs> but but when I told them when i explained it to him why man i want to go out there and, and help you guys but bef- to try to help y'all prevent you guys from coming back in here because i y'all be coming here two or three times so at least I, I can be an officer to go out there and try to help stop it before y'all get here i can be that officer and be like hey you're going in the wrong direction let's let's try this let's try this again
0: yeah.
1: i can save a lot of kids and i might can't save everybody but I can at least do my part, Mm -hmm. get them to have a number or what you call it, the stats, the statistics of, you know, kids going to jail, juvenile and all that type of stuff. I knew I can help solve, you know, somewhere. And so when I got hired, I did a lot of that. (laughs) I actually... Helped a lot of kids. I seen. I would go to different communities and play ball. I still go outside, get out my police car, and tell them they can't play no ball, and be like, "Whatever, come <laughs> play." And I'll play them one on one. And I didn't know at the time that I was building that relationship. I was just doing it out of love and compassion for yeah. kids. Basketball. I just knew it. But at the same time, they look. That community looked forward for me coming back mm-hmm. and playing with kids. And so I'm helping all these kids and doing that same thing. I'm, I'm just loving it for so many years. And I t- and I was able to talk. So you, you play ball with them. Now mm-hmm. you able to talk to y'all for a second. Yeah. So right, right there, you're already saving. Yeah. You, you might not, because you, you got an officer that's talking to the kids. It ain't about them. It ain't me locking them up. It ain't me, they ain't do nothing wrong. It's just me helping them. Just giving them some game to keep them out of jail, keep them out of juvenile detention. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that was the that was a great. I mean, that was great, but I'm just telling you from that point, I'm just knowing that this is all was God's
0: mm-hmm. path. Yes.
1: I'm just flowing. I'm just going with it, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. Like, man, I'm a popo. <laughs> Right now.
0: <laughs> but it's so interesting that you 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 know you transition from security guard to police officer, and you actually at at some point in your life there was a deacon in your grandma's church that asked you a question that asked you what is your purpose, and you at that point had no idea, right? And there there was you had to now go on this journey to figure out what is God's purpose for my life because at this point, basketball is not it. I don't believe being a security officer in the detention center is it. And now I'm a police officer and I'm seeing the bigger picture, right? And you knew that now being here out on the streets with these kids, you had a chance to save them so that they didn't go to the detention center. So all this stuff started lining up for you, right? And you began to see the impact that you were having on these kids in the community and what i what i love is i i I really feel like you were probably one of the most compassionate police officers i've ever encountered in my life (laughs) and and i know a lot of police officers i have a lot of police officers that are clients actually and you have got to be one of the most compassionate um and i just believe that god gave you this big big heart right that was cultivated by your parents by your grandmothers especially and one of your grandmas said to you that um, it was better to give than to receive right and and so you took that to heart and you realized that a part of your purpose was to give back to truly give back into the community that you were serving give back to those kids that you were serving because as a police officer You began to see a lot and you you saw things happen to kids that people should never see happen to kids. You began to experience all these things that at such a young age as a police officer, you didn't want to have to walk through. But it was all a part of the purpose and the plan that God had for your life. So now take us through how you got to the place of creating Thera Good Deeds, which is your 501c3, your nonprofit organization, where you get to impact kids and their lives day in and day out. It all started with this one event and like catapulted from there. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So I, I just knew since, you know, um speaking to those kids, just like, I, like you said, Skittles in a du- juvenile detention center. I, I wanted to do for him. I wanted to do more and, so what I was doing was, so I, I, you know, wanted to to speak. I said, I'm going to you know, put my uniform on and I'm going to just create an event. And I don't care how many people show. It might be <laughs> two people. I don't care. I'm stepping out on faith. Whoever show, they just going to hear me talk. And they're going to be blessed when they get up out of there. And I had a backpack. It was like, okay, cool. So. I can't just sit up here and talk. I got to have something with it. So I did a back. That's when, that's when I did my first mm-hmm. backpack and food supply. And hey, look, it's been nine years, man. Kudos mm-hmm. to- <laughs> It's been nine. <laughs> yeah, doing it now. So, so I said, man, I'm going to give my partner. He going to DJ. We're going to have some music. I had rented the room. Well, you know, it was free, but had a room and my backpacks and stuff over there. And all I need is the kids. And so I put it on social media, I had friends, family, they supported. When they came in, it was at least by 25, 30 people. I was like, oh Lord, I had to put out some <laughs> I was like, look at God, man. So I'm sitting there, I'm standing up. I'm not public speaker or nothing. I'm just, I mean, God was just using me. I was talking. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be so great. The kids were inspired told them about you know just life situations it was meant for me to do that man it's like like you said everything was just lining up and that was perfect they got they they heard the talk and they got their school supplies and everything was just so so you know just love man I was hugging playing with the kids and <laughs> and we was dancing you know I don't know hips, how they, they hurt they still go <laughs> Hey, I
0: can see it. It's big. like, I'm moving these <laughs> hips no matter what.
1: <laughs> I may have
0: a hip replacement in 20 years, but I'm going <laughs> to do it.
1: <laughs> so just have a great time, man, and blew my mind. I think that was, too, when I had, I think I had a food truck. Thing. I mean, it was a really successful event, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't stop doing it, and we, I made it an annual event. Mm-hmm. And so there are good deeds at the time at when I wanted to do was have these kids to go out and do great things in the community because I wanted to show them that it's people out there that don't have, I don't want them to just take life for granted all the time. And you see in all the, the things that we do have, okay, my mom bought me this, my mom bought me that. I am I have a place to stay. I have clothes on my back, food, but these are some people that don't have that. Yes. And I want to see that and give and to understand that for themselves could help change their lives and impact as they see people that's that's in need and they know how to give to those guys. Mm-hmm. And so we created a team to do that. And we was we made all types of annual events, Christmas. Wow, well, we kept the holidays, things <laughs> and we had nursing home, bingo and gumbo, the kids are coming bingo with the, the the elders, we, oh man, we did <clears throat> breakfast for the homeless underneath the bridge. Come on. We was doing uh hosting all types of events. These kids, I mean, they know how to give. <laughs> I mean, they just look kids. So you would have them all the way from four, all the way up to 17, and they just learning how to give, 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 and doing that. And they'll tell you what they was doing. I asked them, hey, which. This such and such, what you here for? What you doing? <laughs> giving to the homeless people. the little babies. And they're learning at a young age. To, they're putting other people before them, right? Just giving to these guys that don't have. And that was pretty cool um, that God was able to put that in my heart, man, to do to those kids. Because, too, it can help at home. You know, you got these Jordans and you got different clothes that you really don't need because you already have it. Yes. But then other people your same age that don't have shoes on their feet at all. So do you really need those shoes?
0: Yeah. You've you- you, you've not only been able to transform um their lives, but their thinking, their mindset, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when you can get to a child early and shift their mindset from me, 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 me to you know, outward, to thinking about other people, to caring for other people, you create so many more young Sheldon goods in the world, right? Or Sheldonita Theragoods <laughs> for the little <laughs> girls in the world, right? And <laughs> I love that because you have truly made this your life's mission. And you've gotten other people on board to the point where you've actually been recognized and honored and awarded so many times, right? In your, in your community for the great work that you're doing. And it's so inspiring. And I know, you know, we're running a lot of things across the banner as far as where to purchase your book and how to contact you. Um, They can contact you personally on Facebook or Instagram at Sheldon Theragood. Um, They can also um, connect with you through your organization if they go on Instagram or Facebook as well um, at Theragood Deeds. Right. And do you have a website as well?
1: Theragooddeeds at, at uh, was it www.theragooddeeds.com.
0: Okay, so you all, I would encourage you to visit theragooddeeds.com to check out Sheldon um, and the great work that he's doing because this this young man is so inspirational, um, so powerful, so caring and compassionate. His love for these young people is unmatched. Like I, I really have not encountered a young man who cares so much about young kids. And it is um, just just um, a blessing to, yes. to witness that, right? And um, to work with you and um, you inspire me. Um, Monica says, yes, yes, <laughs> Monica. Um, <laughs> uh, Monica actually works with Sheldon. So she knows Sheldon personally and professionally. He is 100% pure hearted. And I want um, everyone to really just buy into what you're doing, right, and be able to support the annual events that you all host. Um, Because you said you went from like 20 to 25 people that one year, and now you have hundreds of kids that you're impacting and giving these bags away to. Um, You are, as Monica said, a true servant of God. You discovered your purpose. You walk in your purpose. You did whatever it took. And when when people read this book, they're gonna see like you really were. You were just you're like, look, I'm gonna just do whatever it is, whatever it takes, for me to walk in God's purpose. And that is just such an inspiration to me. Um, I hope to the guests as well. If anyone has questions or comments that you want to share feel free. We have some more time. We'll throw it up on the um, screen so that we can answer your questions. Curtis Walter says, Houston Area Urban League Guild is in the building. All right, now. I don't know who that is, but all right, Curtis. Thank you. (laughs) Uh,
1: That's Urban League. That's uh, an organization do amazing things in the community as well.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And so- they're one of your part. You 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 have impacted so many people that even organizations are inspired by what you do. And so thank you, Curtis, for sharing that, um, for representing, for being here to support Sheldon, and for all of you all who have joined tonight. Um, so one of the things that you do in the book, Sheldon, is kind of after each chapter, you give some keys to success, right. because you want people to know that this is this is not an easy road that you walked, you really had to sit back. You had to take in the experiences that you were having and you had to really um, outline for yourself what were the things that you had to do to be successful? What were the things that you had to maintain, right? And what were some of the things that you had to give up? So if you think about some of the things that you instill into these kids that you work with today, these young men and young women that you inspire what would be maybe like the top two or three keys to success that you would share with them to drive them to be everything that God has called them to be in this
1: earth? Uh, Well, I was, I was actually, look, it's so many that I have. It's like, wow. yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. you gotta get it guys. I got to get, but yes. Uh, I mean, when life throws you lemons, you must de- you must have to, you know, how to make something out of it. Um, and that's, that's just like me. I, I Life threw things at me, but I still had to figure it out. You know, I still had to not give up. I still had to figure out how to make that lemonade out of those lemons that life had threw at me. And that's the great thing is still just just walking it and not giving up your faith, not giving up your what your purpose is, not giving up on yourself. Just keep going because that's just what, what life is. It's, it just throws... Different curveballs that you, just be prepared for
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Even, and I won't tell the story, but there's a couple of things that you shared about when you went through the police academy. As I was reading, I'm like, Lord, is he going to make it? Is yeah. he going to make it through the police academy? You know, I, was, I was like, I know, you know, now here you are on the other side and you made it, but it's like yeah. reading the story, I'm like, God, is he going to make it? I feel so bad.
1: Look, man. That was that was probably most funniest yeah, funniest uh part chapter of the book, man, because I was it was so hilarious on what I had to do to, to yeah. But <laughs> so,
0: well, you um, made it, you you I did not it. give up and um <laughs> I I literally when you read it, I I cracked up. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Monica says, man, the Academy back then was no joke. I can only imagine just by reading that chapter and what you went through, but that was an example of just what you said, not giving up, no matter what they were doing to you, no matter what you had to what, go through.
1: No matter what. And, and and that was it. That was a big, big challenge. It was tough for me because I almost didn't make it. I yeah. I kicked me out if I didn't if I didn't pass that that part part of the um, academy and i'm man come on i'm doing great and everything this is just this one thing and i'm like come on man but those those just challenges that just keep coming you can use that in life when things just keep pounding you you're like man i'm a, I, i'm gonna make it i'm gonna pass and i'm telling you that part right there it had me doing things at home i had to you look, know, she laughing i was i was at home Look, I just tell you, I couldn't. No, do. don't tell them. Don't tell them. Let them get the book. <laughs> okay, get the book. Well, you know that book. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, all of these training things, and I'm trying to get people to help me. Whew! But you, you, y'all, get the point. Just never give up on your dream. Never give up on yourself, no matter what. Life is just not easy, and that's what this book is all about: is persevering through, through your, your challenges, adversity
0: absolutely absolutely so sheldon it's been a joy every time i talk to sheldon interact with him it's just a joy like he always puts a smile on my face because he always got a smile on his face and (laughs) i appreciate that um so much those of you who will listen on the replay those of you who are going to listen on the podcast um, we're running his information across the screen so where to purchase his book uh where you can follow him we will also in the podcast make sure that that information is listed. So that those of you who are listening on the podcast can click the links and be able to get to Sheldon's information pretty quickly. Um, I just want to thank everyone that joined us live, those who will listen on the replay, those who will listen on the podcast. And I especially want to thank you, Sheldon, for being a guest on season three of Storytime with Stephanie. Um, It was a privilege and an honor to work with you and support you on this book and and publishing this book with you. Um, You have done amazing things with your book. Um, You have been all over the place with your book (laughs) and you will continue to be all over the place. And I just wish every blessing um, from God, all the favor of God, the hand of God to just be on you individually, you professionally, um, you with their good deeds. And that all of the children that come into your path, that they truly will um, recognize the level of love and compassion that you have for them. Um, Your obedience to God, your obedience to your grandparents as well, um, to just give and give with a full and pure heart um, is amazing. And I I really do hope that others who listen to this and watch this um, will feel a stirring in their soul to go out and do something great um, and be able to give back in ways that would bless the lives of other people. So I just want to say thank you. I honor you, my brother. I thank you for being the person that you are. Um, and you go out and continue to just be great in this world. So, any final words from you?
1: No, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, know, everybody that's watching, and and that's you know that's what I'm here for to to do whatever it takes. Don't give up in life when things don't go the way you think is planned. God has a purpose for everybody's lives. So trust me, if I find mine, you can find yours.
0: <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Because, boy, when you read this book, you are like, Lord, is this man ever going to find his <laughs> <Fucks>. <laughs> But he did, and we thank God for that. So thank you so much, Sheldon. It's been an honor to have you on Storytime with Stephanie. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next guest. Follow us at Stephanie Outen Literary Doula on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Stephanie Outen so you can know who our upcoming guests are. You can register um, on our mailing list as well at stephanieouten.com to find out who our upcoming guest is. But we just thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, We honor you all for taking the time out of your evening to be a part of this live uh, broadcast. And we look forward to seeing you all in a couple of weeks. Have a great night. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.